You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAD. How are you doing today? Great. How are you, Dr. Gray? I am amazing. What can I help you with? Yeah, I just had a few questions. I'm current, I'm just about to start my junior year of college. Um, this fall, I'll be, so I'll be applying to coming cycle. Not this okay. current one. So first I had like the common question of, is it clinical? Is it not clinical? When I started listening to you, I noticed first that I did not have clinical experience. So mm-hmm. I wanted to see how I could incorporate that within my time and everything I do. Um, mm-hmm. So being multilingual, I just went and got my interpreting certification. So I've been working as a medical interpreter over the summer. So that would be clinical, right? I would consider it clinical. There, there may be some medical schools out there that, that differ in that opinion, but I would mark it as clinical on your, uh, on your application. Okay. Um, another thing about it is that the languages I speak, I speak both Arabic and French, are not very common languages mm-hmm. around, especially in the state I'm in. Um, so I do not get a lot of hours during that. I do get some, a um, couple every week, but it's not like a full-time position where I can get hundreds of hours during, even if I want to do that during the summer. Yeah. So we just wanted, do you think I would need to look for another clinical experience to add? I do get a very broad range of things I see during my mm-hmm. interpreting because I interpret anything that is within a hospital and any yeah. kind of um, specialty. So I think I would need to look into something to get more hours or just keep for the flow. Yeah, it's it's a hard question to answer because there there is not a specific benchmark that we're trying to meet, right? Most schools don't have any sort of data where they say we expect X number of hours. The one exception to that rule that I know of off the top of my head is University of Utah, where they have on their website, like we kind of expect these numbers uh, of hours and competitive applicants will have these many hours. Mm. And so you could potentially just go to University of Utah's website and see what they're looking for and benchmark that with what you have. But there's there's no number that I tell students like, you should have 100 hours, you should have 500 hours. Or if you go to Reddit or Student Doctor Network, you should have 4,323 hours. Um, there, there's just no number like that. The biggest thing that I look for is consistency and recency. So if you got a thousand hours, but it's 10 years ago, that is much less valuable to me than a hundred hours that you're consistently getting 10 hours a month over the last 10 months, right? So yeah. very different numbers, but one tells a different story that, that you're currently interested and actively getting these hours which tells me you have interest in this, right? And it's not something that you were just like, okay, check, done, I, I, I'm out, right? Um, so with the fact that interpreting is a little bit more hands-off, I would potentially look at seeing if you can go find, whether it's a free clinic that's associated with your university or if you're near a medical school somewhere, uh, if they have a free clinic, if you could do some sort of medical assisting on a volunteer basis where you're checking in patients, you're doing vitals, you're doing that kind of uh, process to interact with patients a little more hands-on. There's hospice experience, which I think is one of the most valuable experiences, potentially using your interpreting skills, your language skills in a hospice environment 
that may be super valuable, especially end of life care is, is much harder when it's end of life and nobody can understand you. And if, if you can bring in some language skills uh, to that environment, that may be super valuable to be with those patients. So it's, it's not hands-on in terms of you actually doing something with patients, but you're there, you're supporting them emotionally um, so that that potentially could be valuable experience as well. Okay. Um, another thing I have is I'm lucky enough for my shadowing experience to have access to some. I've shadowed a couple of physicians already and I happen right. to know the physicians. So I was able to have conversations with them. Like when we were not in the room with patients, talk about medical school, talk about their life in general as a physician. So yeah. would I be able to like talk about that when I like put in the description or should I just keep it to like dates, which doctor, because I felt like it was a lot valuable to me. Yeah. But I talked with them outside of like that's, being in the room. That's the answer, right? If it's valuable to you, talk about it. Uh, the fun thing about the activity section, I, I have a button here for it. Uh, when you're writing, when you're writing about the activities, there are no rules. <laughs> there, there are no rules when it comes to uh, what you can or can't talk about, right? I, if you look at my application book, which again is too far away for me to reach, um, the I, I have some general recommendations. But at the end of the day, it's your application, it's your essay. If you felt, if you personally felt that those experiences were valuable to you, talk about it. Now, I will tell you that most students, when they say, oh, super valuable to me, what they generally write about are like, it was super valuable because I learned that mm -hmm. uh, you have to have empathy to be a doctor. And, and those types of takeaways, I'm like, well, duh, like, did you really need to have a conversation with a, a physician in between patients to learn that? So just make sure you stay away from generalities like that is, mm -hmm. is my advice. Again, if you want to write about it, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, another thing is I wanted to look, I know you talk about how just getting, not getting an A every semester is just not being perfect and not a downward trend. Yeah. Um, just I wanted to look and see it's, if I could be considered a down and trend. I had my last semester was like not as strong as my first three. Um, yeah. Not too bad. I like looked at the more detail on mapped, um, looked at what it would look like when you look at it every class. Um, my science one first year is 393, second year is 372, and, but my third year just only have five credits, which is just one course I took over the summer. So it's yeah. not really good indicative, which you can see like that one drop in the summer. It's <laughs> that one class I got a B on. Um, yeah. but, so it like really looks plummeting, but it's just one class. Yeah. So if we look at this, right, and I'm zoomed in, and this is mapped MAPPD for anyone watching, you can go calculate your GPA, see these graphs. It's it's uh, all free to do that kind of stuff. There There is a paid level. Um, that includes some other things, but but what we're looking at here is is free. And so when when I take a glance at this, the first thing I look at is what is your overall GPA, right? So you're sitting at a 373, 373 science. Most people aren't going to really care about any sort of trends when your GPA is that high, right? You have a solid GPA. If we did see this trend, Right. And, and medical schools will get every single data point and they could graph it and sort it and filter it however they want. 
they could look at this and go, uh-oh, what happened here? But then they'll see, right, if we, if we hover over it, it's only four credits, right? You just said five. So I don't know if maybe you put it in wrong or maybe you just misspoke, but you have it in as four credits here. It, that tells me, right? You got to be in one class. That, that doesn't mean anything. You look at this one, it's 16 credits at a 338. Not the best, but okay. Again, here, 15 credits at a 378. Uh, again, here, 21 credits at a 384. You were crushing it. And you dropped off a tiny bit, and then you brought it right back again. This is just a, a one to, um, uh, one class here, two credits. So you you jumped back up. So your goal over the next couple semesters, especially if you're applying as a traditional student at the end of your junior year, you're going to have two more semesters of grades. Keep it up in that in, in this range where you're currently at at three seven three eight. You'll be fine. Nobody's going to look at that uh, little blip of uh, a couple credits and uh, they're, they're not going to be concerned. Okay. Um, another thing is, while I was in my first two years in college, I needed a job or many to support myself. So I had many jobs on campus, which did not last like a lot because usually they're like either two semesters, one semester, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it is part of like what you say of like what were you doing with your time. So that's like part of it. So you recommend just putting them, even though it's some of them I'm not going to put because they're not the most valuable to like my activities, but there was a couple yeah. where they were and the positions I was doing were kind of important and like I learned a lot, that kind of thing. So even though they were for one or two semesters, it's still worth putting. Yeah. So I, I, again, there are no rules when it comes to what you do in the activity section. I think the fact that you were working uh, and especially multiple jobs and maintaining that good GPA is going to paint a really strong picture for you of someone who can balance a lot of things, which is great. The When you're looking at it, the, the biggest application struggle that you'll have is AMCAS because they limit you to 15 activities and so if you have a bunch of little things how do you get them all in there maybe you can right if you listed everything maybe you're right at 15 and you're perfectly fine but let's say you're at 20 you potentially could take some of the smaller oddball ones that weren't super impactful to you or where where uh where you didn't have a big impact on that position and you could combine them into one activity with an experience name of various jobs, right? It, as long as someone reading it goes, okay, I understand that you kind of mush some things together. They read the description. It's like uh, uh, between spring of my freshman year and, and fall of my junior year, however you want to say it, right? Uh, I worked various jobs in and around campus that included X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. You, you account for the time, uh, both, both uh, kind of over the span of time, but you also account for a chunk of hours that are taking away from your academics, taking away from your ability to get clinical experience and research and shadowing and all that other stuff. And it, again, it paints this picture, gives more context to that reviewer. So that's, that's one way of doing it. Okay. Uh, I had another question. Um, so I'm in, in my state, there's only one MD school and one DO school. 
So okay. a pool is very small for in-state, so I'll have to apply out-of-state just for the sake of having at least a decent amount of schools I'm applying to. One MD, one DO. One DO school is coming trying to, to me. Uh, can, can I try to guess the state? I'm trying yeah, to. Sure. Uh, so one MD, one DO. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is Oregon, uh, OHSU and um, Comp Northwest. Com- yeah, Comp Northwest. Uh, so not Oregon. Okay. The MD school has many campuses. That's even narrows it more down. Oh, Indiana? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that gives it away, right? Indiana yeah. has like a 4 billion campuses. Uh, and then Marion as the, the DO school there. Okay, cool. Um, so, <laughs> Random med school trivia. Yeah. So that doesn't like, doesn't leave me with a lot. I might plan yeah. in general was to apply generally in the Midwest area to the school there just because yeah. I've been here since I've been here and I just like the Midwest. I'm accommodated with the weather, everything living in there. But I do yeah. not have really strong ties to out-of-state schools, other than the fact that they're in the Midwest. So yeah, that's fine. That's right. Enough. If you if you look at in Indiana, right where you are, mm-hmm. you look a, a state away uh, or two, <laughs> wherever Illinois is compared to Indiana. I think they're they're right next yeah, to each other. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, all of those schools in Chicago, right? Almost every single one of them is a private school, except for U- UI Chicago, mm-hmm. right? You have you have Rush, Northwestern, um, you have uh, Pritzker, you have all, all of these schools that, for the most part, as private schools, they don't really care about your residency. So I wouldn't worry too much about not having ties to a specific state, especially when you're applying to private schools. You could look at uh, just just north of you in, in Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. University of Michigan as a public school really doesn't have in-state bias. They're about 50-50 typically, uh, kind of historically in terms of in-state, out-of-state. So I, w- I wouldn't stress too much about in-state versus out-of-state um, or ties to a state unless you're applying to, uh, again, typically a public school that has strong in-state bias. And then the question will be, well, why do you want to come here when you know we mostly take in-state students? And that's where the whole, like, I grew up in Illinois or I visit Chicago every summer to visit my mima and grandpa or whatever, right? Um, so, so that's where those ties come from. Mm-hmm. But, but outside of that, I wouldn't stress about it. Okay. Um, I know in some of the episodes I've listened to, you recommend, like, trying to get in contact with your school, like try to form some bond with anyone in there, which I tried. Um, Indiana has a prospective applicant, like mini interview you can do with admissions, talk with them about how you're doing, which is pretty cool, which I like. And during that, they recommended kind of some things for me to do and try to improve what I had, which Mm -hmm. I'm doing. And I just want to, and that was back in February. So okay. there is still some time till I apply. And I just don't want to like not reach back to them until I apply. Um, one of the things is I just got promoted in a pre-med club at the school. And I want to try to host them to come talk about their medical school. So I think that's kind of what I want yeah, to do. Yeah, that'd be like awesome. Reach back to them. Yeah. And yeah, because I just want to reach back and see like, just to stay in contact with them. So yeah. is it just that, a decent That seems time? like a, a super organic and not 
pushy reason why you would uh, want to reach back out, I think that'd be great. Yeah. Um, another thing, and one of the things I mapped is that uh, for the prereqs of the schools, like it like kind of tells you how much prereqs are done. Mm-hmm. So one of the prereqs for some of the schools that are in my like safe schools is kind of the social behavioral like requirement, which I have taken a psych class, I have taken a sociology class, but that doesn't seem to count for the schools I'm looking for. Like okay. some of the schools have different, so you should just reach out to the schools and ask them, like, what do you think is decent? Maybe a higher level class would count. Yeah, or- p- potentially in Mapped, how we compare prereqs, and I can uh, kind of share here again to show. So if we look at these prereqs, this is based off of the data that you put into Mapped, mm-hmm. comparing it to the schools that you are interested in. So you have Indiana. And you have Marion here, right? So if we look at Indiana, um, it'll bring over. I think Indiana is um, counting. I think Marion is the one that did not. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So if you look here, social yeah. behavioral is considered complete. Uh, you're missing a semester of physics, biochemistry, which makes sense since you're just finished your, your junior year. So if we were to look at Marion here, mm-hmm. um, they have behavioral. Uh, listed as two semesters. So the question is, what is behavioral? So the easiest thing to do is, um, let me unshare real quick, just so I don't show your name. Um, The easiest thing to do is in maps, right above that chart where the prereqs are, there is a, um, uh, a button here that says sources, right? Mm -hmm. Or source. So if we click on the source, it'll take us to Marion's website to see, right? Maybe we pulled in the information wrong. Maybe they have it updated. Maybe they have it clarified. And so we can see here behavioral sciences is is listed as um, required and six semester hours, which is typically two semesters, right? So that's where we're getting that information, which seems to match uh, here. So this information is correct. Now, the question is, what is considered behavioral sciences? I think most people would probably say social sciences, uh, psychology is probably considered behavioral science. So if you have taken that, if we go to your courses tab and we look at some of your courses, um, right, if we look at, um let's see genetics research um trig speech wellness have you taken a psychology course yeah it's like my first semester i took intro to psychology okay right so you have principles of sociology so you listed it as social which is why we're not considering it behavioral so potentially you could just change it to behavioral and now your prereqs will show mm-hmm. that you have half of the required. So we're just taking the information that you give us. We don't have any sort of magical database, unfortunately, that's like this class counts as X, Y, and Z for every medical school, whatever, right? So a lot of it just depends on how you're classifying things inside of, of mapped. And so you can play with this, um, uh, right now, you can only pick one thing that it ties to. 
Uh, maybe that's something we add in the future that you're like, well, this potentially counts as a social science. Maybe it counts as behavioral science and we can have multiple prereqs that one thing counts towards. Um, but that's where that information is coming from. That makes sense. Okay. So you probably meet the prereqs in terms of that behavioral sciences. The classes that you entered are, are probably just uh, not marked to that. Okay. Um, another thing is in one of the episodes of Machine Accepted I watched, um, talks about just listing regular jobs you have that like just a job you had during the semester. The episode yeah. I watched, specific one had about the students that listed as manager at Walmart. Um, yeah. Um, I, I use that example all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like just list it, then it's fine. I mean, of course. Yeah. Right. You want to, you want to talk about everything that you're doing that the application is not a j just medical stuff. Mm -hmm. The application is here's what I've been doing with my time. Here are the different things that I have. These are the different roles and responsibilities that I've held. Um, I, I, I talk about it in that episode and I talk about it all the time since then, right? Being a manager at Walmart tells me a lot about you. Tells me you have some good responsibility. Tells me you have probably some time management skills, some good organizational skills, some good leadership skills, communication skills, right? You're not a manager without those things. Mm -hmm. So without you having to say in the description of that job, of that activity, uh, I earn this job because I have good communication skills and management skills and leadership skills, whatever. I, I just know those things. Yeah. Okay. Um, another thing, I want to put a hobby on my application. I do have a hobby. I love cooking. It's just, yeah. just I it. enjoy doing it a lot. Um, I'm not going to put hours on it because there's no hours that I can count. Yeah. You can put zero. It's fine. Kind of enjoy in it. The aspect is that I'm just by myself doing it without like yeah. without interacting i'm interacting with people <laughs> in a lot of the things i do yeah so i i don't know if i would put that yeah. right because medicine is interacting with yeah. uh with the the nurses and yeah. the doctors and staff and patients so I, I probably wouldn't come at it from that angle um but but potentially from an angle of maybe de-stressing maybe an angle yeah so yeah, you, you don't want to raise a red flag of like, I don't like to interact with people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a, some of the other activities I do would show that I do. Um, and like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's like, um, I've shadowed like the usual, I know in your office hours yesterday, you were talking about how like, like one primary care, one specialist then. Like I'm saying, I shadowed a like broader range than that, but like I've had interest in like more, a specific one that like I'm trying to get more of. Um, with that, but like I'm, it's like part of like overthinking pre-med club that you're talking about that I'll, I've considered myself a big part of is that the, this idea of like wanting to do one specialty and that would like potentially affect how medical schools would look at my application? Me medical schools don't care about your specialty at this point. They, they just want to make sure that you understand that you want to be a doctor. They're not, they're not picking and choosing. Uh, we, we need three future orthopedic surgeons. We need two future uh, urologists. They're, they don't care about that at this point. So I, I wouldn't overstress it. For the military scholarship, do you recommend like getting in contact like early on, around like now, and during the fall semester with the recruiter, just yeah. to learn more about it before? 
getting there. Yep. Okay. yep. Definitely. Okay. All um, right. Yeah. Awesome. Tons of great questions. Thanks for coming on. Uh, because you're a traditional student, you're going to be applying next semester, hopefully or next year, hopefully next cycle. Uh, you have MCAT coming up. Go to blueprintmcat.com. Use their study planner tool. Figure out uh, what your study plan is going to look like moving forward. Yeah, I have already have like my blueprint account and my map. I have it all set up. Yeah. Got it all. Good, good, good. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Dr. Gray. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 